Hi, I'm Yushuan Su. And I'm Connor Campbell. You're listening to Into the Unknown. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Into the Unknown with uh, me and Con. Um, this is actually the first episode that we're working on uh, different time zones, Connor. It is five hours uh, difference. How's New York? New York is very busy. It's very loud. The people are a bit mental. I don't know if, if I'm allowed to say that, but <laughs> I've said it now, so it's out in the world. Uh, yeah, but it's good. A whole three days. Yeah, yeah, we've been here a week now, actually, which is yeah. mad. Uh, we've done a few little touristy things, but um, it's not that different, really. I mean, I suppose we, I've been here to work. I'm not here on holiday, so, but it's good, man. It's good. Um, and I'm excited to have a guest back on the podcast because the last time that we had a guest was July. So it's been almost two months it has, it has. And that guest, by the way, that we had last was an Olympian. So our guest today uh, <laughs> better top that. <laughs> He's also but, an Olympian. He's an Olympic weightlifter. Uh, yeah, I'm going to give you the honours of introducing him. <laughs> All right. So uh, our guest today we have on is slightly different guest because a lot of the people that we have on generally are athletes, uh, and although George is an athlete in his own right, he is also the first coach that we have have had onto the podcast. So a little bit about George. Uh, George is a personal trainer at David Lloyd down in Wimbledon in London, for those who don't know their geography. He's also the head coach of Delta, which is I'm sure you can probably go into a little bit more. Um, and he, more importantly, is also one of the the newest coaches of Stoke Strength Systems. For those of you who don't know, that is our hey. our now, not just my, but our re- remote Come coaching on. business. Um, and I'm sure that we'll delve into that a little bit more. But without further ado, let's bring him in and um, let's hear what he has to say for himself. So, George, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for coming on at 10 p.m. at night because it's the only time that I could have on um tell the listeners a little bit about yourself thanks guys um yeah so I think like you've pretty much summed up most of the things that I do at the moment um personal training is the game at the moment um I'm still sort of sitting around in that sort of like general population sort of community at the moment should we say um but I suppose that's sort of where stoic comes into it now is is where that sort of strength and conditioning and and performance style training and working more specifically with athletes across well different standards um, is really in the forefront now and that's what we're sort of pushing on towards and trying to make the most of um, and also it's quite nice to, to sort of build a brand at the same time as well you know yeah it's different it's been uh, a, a good, ch- good challenge because you know stoics what it's um, probably about 18 months old and and now being from just myself it's now uh it's a good challenge to have someone else come on board and and you bring on so many new ideas which i'm sure you know we'll, we'll probably share over the coming weeks or months or whatever but um how, how long have you been a pt for just out of interest five years now five years and so, now yeah. you're kind of yeah turning it into like snc and performance 
And actually, so George now has been part of Stoic for the last sort of two months. Um, still one of my many athletes uh, or many weightlifters, at least. Um, can I call weightlifters athletes? Yeah, they're definitely athletic. Come on. They're not like powerlifters. <laughs> they're not like powerlifters. No, exa exactly. <laughs> body um, and so we actually we actually used to work together um, in, in David You Lloyd. still do now, you know. Yes, I know, but it's, you know, we don't, yeah, that's very true, actually. We work for each other now. We don't work together. Um, but yeah, so we, we met through, I guess, your work. Um, and I actually started coaching you at first, didn't I? Now you're a proper yeah. weightlifter. That's, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Drag me into it. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's like kind of like ties a little bit all like you said about Delta and stuff like that. So, um, that was like, it's, it's one of, sort of david lloyd's new small group personal training programs um and part of the the skills you learn in it is some some form of weightlifting movements cleans jerks and sort of a few sort of snatch style movements as well um mm. so i was kind of sitting there thinking if i'm going to be the person running running this program for my club i kind of want to be the you know be able to do everything i want to and do all the skills within within the program so obviously hit you up got you to teach me a few little things with a couple of sessions together um mm. and now it's spiraled into me doing some small <laughs> small local competitions and well yeah now also working together in in that broader sense as well so yeah, yeah no it's exciting it's kind of like it's nice to see where things can go you know you kind of go in with one intention and well almost a year down the line everything yeah. completely changes and and goes in in different journeys and well all for the better really yeah what absolutely. a what a journey but that's a year down the line but take us way back like so obviously you and con met when you're a pt for david lloyd and obviously now you run delta which we'll talk a little bit more about and also you're also um part of connor's business and stoic strength systems but in the beginning how did you get into pt and i guess more broadly the world of health and fitness like tell us a little bit about your your journey so I never really actually meant to when I first left school. Um, did did my That's levels? The best way. That's the yeah, best yeah, way. literally did my levels. Um, I, I decided not to go the uni route. Um, I tried going for apprenticeships. Um, actually in marketing. Um, and that died a short death. I just sort of went for a few different interviews. I think the highlight was trying to go to like get one at Google. Um, and that came with nothing. And sort of it then sort of spiraled from there. There's sort of like loads of interviews, but no's basically. Um, and it was kind of getting to this point where I suppose like just that, that drop in motivation kicked in really. And I was like, do I even want to do this anymore? And all them sort of like them thoughts start kicking in. And one of my mates um, who was just doing his PT course um, said, look, you should give it a go. You know, just just have a look into it. See if, see if it's for you. Because I mean, we'd, we'd sort of gone gym together a little bit. You know, just sort of doing the usual teenager, just in there to look good sort of thing. Um, and I've, I've played sports my whole life as well, you know, football or tennis or even like karate has always been sort of around since I was able to stand up. So there's always been that love for a sport. Um, and then like just through other people we know, just got chatting to a few other PTs, you know, pros, cons of the business, what's what's good about it, what's not. And sort of, yeah, let's go for it. You know, committed to doing my courses, doing my qualifications and, and jumping in that way really um i mean it was probably all for the wrong wrong reasons at the start you know it's you get the usual oh you get to choose your own hours and you get to earn loads of money and you be your own boss and, and stuff like that and 
you know, at, at the start, it's kind of like a harsh reality to, to learn them. It's not all about that. And in fact, although you do get that as a potential pro, it can be a con as well, you know, like starting work at 6am and finishing at 9pm some days. And, mm. you know, you kind of like, you realise that it's not what everyone sells it as. But that's then, I suppose, when you find your true love for the, for the job, right? You know, like now, when I started working, I started going self-employed straight away and working a little studio. And, and even them guys said, look, you know, it's hard to get business from the public go and work in like a David Lloyd or a Nuffield Health or a Virgin Active and have their members to to, to sell off and try and get their business and, and learn without the, the worry of making mistakes, right? Yeah, I, I can absolutely 100% attest to that. I mean, that's exactly where I started probably seven years ago. Started at a, you know, a health and fitness club, much the same as you. I'm sure we've had these conversations and, you know, now to, to see where we are. And uh, the good thing is, is that you're doing this in your journey a lot sooner than I did. So it's great to see like, you know, well, one, the fact that the industry itself is improving in terms of the quality of of people that are coming into the industry um but also too like how easy it is how easily accessible it is to learn and be able to make mistakes um yeah i i i love that i think i don't know about you but when i first started getting into it i was so worried about making mistakes and like hurting people but actually the more you train people, the more you realize actually people are really fucking resilient. Like yeah. it takes a lot to actually, you know, hurt someone if you do things properly. And I mean, like not punching someone, I'm talking about like <laughs> overtraining someone or like, as long as you're doing things correctly. Right. I was going to say, do you mean physically or like emotionally? Cause I feel like you've emotionally damaged me in the past. Um, <laughs> but that's it. I just wanted to pick up because you said, you know, when that's you not good for business. You should. <laughs> <laughs> well, some people are into that, you know, but, um, wow. you know, you were saying when you first got into it, it was sort of for the quote unquote, the wrong reasons. And, but so why, why are you still here? Like what's, what's made you stayed and what was your, you know, when you say that, you found the real reasons why you're doing it and your true love and passion for it. Like, what are those? Yeah, I mean, like, I, I suppose you could call it like soul searching maybe, but I think, so going again back to what Connor was saying about kind of being quite quick along my journey in, in sort of realising all this, but like, so you get you get into the, the industry, you know, you kind of told you can earn what you want and X, Y, and Z, and, and it kind of, all your reasons are quite about yourself. They're quite selfish. Um, <clears throat> and and over over the time, I've kind of seen that's why a lot of PTs that I've worked with have sort of joined and then quit straight away because they realise it's the most you've got to be like the most unselfish you can be. Um, and I think that's 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 been about a year or so, or maybe maybe two years into working as a PT that you kind of realise that you know if you if you want to make it all about yourself, go get a nine to five or or a job that's a lot more simple and straightforward, you know and I could sort of kind of not fell out of love with it for a little bit, but kind of realized that I I didn't have the right perception of what I wanted to do. Um, so I kind of like, you know, went off and see if like it was worth even changing jobs, seeing what else is out there and stuff like this, and and sort of looking into like 
actually researching right what's a what is a good coach you know what what makes a person that makes success out of this out of this job and, and like you say it is you just got to find that love of training people and, and once i sort of realized that yeah in fact whatever their goal is that i actually do genuinely enjoy taking someone from start to finish or any part of their journey and just being a part of their progress um is is a massive love for me and you know when you start to really piece it all together programming checking in on them even one-to-one coaching it almost feels like a little bit of an art that you can really appreciate yeah yeah not to big ourselves up much but you know it's an art yeah yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. but i suppose a big part of that as well is and and you know obviously you guys know a lot better than i do but it's sort of it sounds like a lot of it is as well finding that place within the job that's sort of your niche and what you really love about it like obviously for con um it was snc and coaching athletes for uh, whatever level and um even though the the broader picture is to you know help people better themselves right and you know i, I think you've sort of kind of found that as well um through you know through delta do you know what do you want to tell us a little bit about that yeah yeah so that, i mean that's something that's come upon come along quite recently um it's essentially small group training so we, we run a strength and conditioning program um try and broaden the horizons quite a lot whether it's just straight powerlifting style movements some weightlifting style movements is it like body weight gymnastic style um and then just like your general conditioning just get the lungs working and you know try not to throw up sort of pieces um but it, it kind of came along it's 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 like a bolt on to what i can do through david lloyd um the idea being is that you you have to pass uh, a leco functional fitness course for them to sort of say yes you're good enough to do what it is and, and it's it's kind of again we talk about sort of like the love for training people and, and the love for doing a job it's quite nice because it, it really makes you realize how different it is training more than one person at a time so we, we do six to a session um and just like the 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 complete change in what you do in an hour and, and where your vision goes how you talk to the group how you talk to individuals how you you coach groups versus individuals is, is completely different and more than i expected and as the team expected like the first couple of months when we, when we launched the program were just well i mean probably quite crap really like for the members because it's just like <laughs> four people in their 20s just kind of going oh shit what are we uh <laughs> what are we doing um, but like you say a year on and we're all we're all sort of like smashing it now and you know, you turn around to every single one of them and say you're you're comfortably a better coach, even with your one-to-one, even even like you say with your programming, because although I haven't got as much of a love for powerlifting as I do weightlifting, there's not as much of a love for gymnastics as I do weightlifting or or just general strength and conditioning in in, in the in the bigger picture. Um, but you get access to them skills, right? So it gives you that more variety of clients not that i want to go and train you know someone to go and do a muscle up every single week and that's probably not the i'm not the right person to do that but just understanding the concepts and understanding how them skills work in, in, a, in a bigger picture in, a, in a, just a broader fitness sense um just massively opens your opens your horizons up yeah going back to the point that you actually made as well um on people get into pt for the wrong reasons um 
I think you're definitely right because one of the reasons why I, I ended up getting into PT and just strength training in general coaching is because I ended up tearing both my ACLs. So that's the main reason why I got into coaching. But I've heard so many stories over the years that people get into PT or coaching because they either want to make loads of money, which is definitely not the right way to go about it. Um, you know, and if you do well, and if you're good at what you do, then eventually you hopefully will earn a decent wage. Um, and the second reason is they're good at training themselves, which yeah, yeah. seems quite strange to me because, you know, just because you're good at training yourself doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be good at training other people because, you know, you don't know exactly what that person is like. Um, and they aren't you. And to be able to tar everyone with the same brush and train them exactly how you would train yourself. That's not taking into account so many different variables, right? Like what they enjoy. Um, and there's, I think you've done it really well just to commend you because like people really often try and move out of gen pop training way too soon. But I think there's so much value in teaching Gen and when we when I talk about gen pop for the listeners who might not know gen pop is general population so basically just your general client that comes in the mums the dads the you know teenagers that might want to build a bit of muscle or lose a bit of weight whatever it might be um there's so much value in in learning how to coach those people because most athletes not all of them will know what they're doing and so all they need really is a little bit of guidance, a little bit of uh, like specific, you know, mini- variable manipulation, whereas Gen Pop have got no clue at some point. So taking them from learning not just how to squat, bench, deadlift, hinge, push, pull, but actually try and get them to teach some weightlifting movements or even like gymnastics or plyometrics, I find is a, is a really good skill to have as you get into being a strength coach, like for athletes, I don't know what you felt, but you know, I think that's, that's brilliant. The way, the kind of path that you've taken. Yeah. And I think like you say, it's, I mean, just kind of brushing back onto just teaching skills. I mean, I, I mean, for, for one-to-one clients, I always say it is, you know, it is an expensive service, right? You know, we are yeah. people charge, do, do charge high rates. Um, I always say, look, I, I don't want to be your your PT for life. Obviously, online coaching is slightly different, but being, being a PT for life is unrealistic, right? You know, people move away, they have changing goals, whatever. So I always say, if you can leave my service in a better place mentally as well as physically, you know, you can, you, you know how to comfortably squat, bench, deadlift, all them sort of things by yourself, then, you know, you, you've seen so much more change than just i've lost two stone right and i again i think like you say it is it is quite good to to sort of or, or for me i suppose experiencing that transition now it is quite nice to see it when you were saying about going from gen pop to to athletes i mean the the, the few athletes i've started to pick up now and, and the sort of teams i'm training you know there is a lot of transferable skills and more than i certainly expect or yeah sort of more than i expected at the start um and it's yeah i don't know it's 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 nice to have that that variety and, and flexibility to your training again like you say people that like to train themselves 
typically as well. They can only sort of train someone one way, right? And it's probably mm-hmm. a very straightforward bodybuilding style training. And not there's anything wrong with that, but it's just not for everyone. And it kind of just limits your horizons and limits your clients' progress, should we say. So, yeah, yeah no, I think a nice thing to have is that that sort of experience in both fields should we call it yeah for sure i'm interested as well to hear actually from both of you like um do you think that training and coaching and and, and pt people and that process of taking someone else through something or, or or showing or teaching something to someone else and sort of almost i guess verbalizing it and explaining it does that process help you yourself in your own learning because i find that obviously with what i do you know you guys are all about helping other people i'm quite selfish um and you know i i'm all about the doing at the moment but and just quite not not recently but i've been recently doing more of it is sort of a bit of coaching a bit of teaching um other people uh, with their riding and just helping a few more other people out with their riding and their voices and whatever and to be honest like it's given me much more appreciation for what you guys do first of all but second of all like I don't realize how one how difficult it would be to actually explain something in a way in which the other person understands and can interpret it the way you want even though in my head and in like in my actions I, I know exactly what i'm doing and i'm supposed to be doing the fact that i actually have to explain it and and you know in a way that makes sense is a whole different story but then in doing so like i think it's also made it more clear for me like the process of going like oh, actually this is these are the steps this is the logic behind it this is what you're trying to achieve um, and then seeing it being performed by someone else, like that's also quite helpful for my for my own writing. I find I don't know if you guys agree with that with what you do. Yeah, I mean, like every client's different, right? Every every person's different. We all learn in different ways as well. Um, I suppose one thing that sort of as you develop as a coach, you just learn more about different skills, different movements, and different ways of approaching them. I mean. Christ, if I, if I think about like, you know, if I teach all my all my sort of gem pop clients a squat from like from nothing, no experience whatsoever to like their first attempt, everyone has a different way of learning, and I've got to use like five different cues just to even get someone to just <laughs> like start moving downwards. Yeah, I'm interested um, actually just to interrupt you there because like I I guess because of the crowd that I've always been in for at least as long as I can remember through through what I do now but through like sports before and back in school as well like it's just never really occurred to me that uh, I guess it's, it's all just been kind of kind of natural like the movements like squats and hip hinges and stuff like that it's at least as far as I can remember and then seeing like you know complete beginners from uh, the general population start going to the gym and start um with their sort of health and fitness journey and having like no idea how to, like you say, how to squat or how to hip hinge. Like that was fascinating for me to see. Like, how do you overcome that? Like, how do you get someone to, to learn a movement? I mean, I mean in, in, in essence, it is 
find out how they learn and then just keep it as simple as anything. Like, I mean, again, part of when I did that sort of Alico course, one thing they really tap into is sort of how to say, I say how to coach to a group, but I suppose it does work in, in, in both ways. And it is like simple things like, have you talked about where your feet are in the movement? How you grip the barbell or the, or the dumbbell? Uh, any other body positions, you know, is your, is your back a certain way, your hips a certain way, is your head a certain way? Once you've got them just in the right position, basically, right, then talk them through stage by stage and literally like, well, I suppose a, a, a squat's a good example. It's like, right, can we just get them to start to, to break at the hips and knees first? Cool, right, can we get them to get as low as they can comfortably? Cool. Going upwards is another completely separate challenge in itself because some people just can get down, but they can't get back up and stuff like that and it's it's just all these sort of things that you have to like again I mean this this comes with just experience right I mean as as a PT when I first started I would have had such a, a straightforward one size fits all way of teaching and it probably just fit no one um so you kind of just yeah keep it simple and, and then just think right what's the different anecdotes what's the different teaching cues what's the different ways of explaining or even visualizing what you're what you're teaching i mean silly little things like someone keeping their head up you know everyone forgets to do it and everyone has to have a different way of <laughs> explaining how to keep their head up if that makes sense when again five yeah. years ago i'd just be like yeah. just keep your head up and <laughs> just get annoyed at them and then up, just right? yeah literally like <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> yeah. whereas now it is like you say it's, it's them sort of small little cues and anecdotes that so individual that I might say to some person look over the horizon and another person will literally just complete have a meltdown of that and just you know <laughs> yeah, yeah literally yeah we're inside yeah. yeah I think going back to your first point uh or I guess the question that you should ask was um you know I think being a coach or becoming a coach definitely gives you far more appreciation for you know like being a weightlifting coach it gives you almost like an extra layer of actually understanding the movements and then as a result learning how to apply that to different people because it's all well and good you knowing how to coach yourself and what to change but then communicating that as George perfectly said to 10 different individuals who everyone is going to learn differently you know, you can't just hammer home the same cue to every single person because it won't work. And I'm sure that you're probably finding that coaching equestrian athletes that like you, you know how to ride. You are a very good rider, but there's a big difference between knowing how to lift or knowing how to ride versus actually coaching somebody yeah, how to do it. what you do that's well. Yeah. Um, because some people just pick things up really quickly and, and others you know even i sometimes get annoyed when people don't pick it up because i'm like dude this is just so simple i don't <laughs> understand why why you don't get it you know and then you have to kind of step step back and you're like okay well why don't they understand it is it my instruction most of the time it probably is my instruction um and then go back to george's point kind of spin this on back on him as well he made a really good point you know that um when you, I don't know if, if George will agree with this, but like when you first start out as a coach, you almost have like a certain way of doing things and you don't want to deviate between actually exploring other areas to 
how you can coach or how you can communicate because if they don't understand that one thing you're telling them then that means it's their fault but actually the longer that you're a coach the more you realize that you know it's fine for them to not understand you you just have to figure out a different way to approach that or to communicate that and I guess when you're fresh in the game you worry about kind of your ego that like people not being able to squat properly is like, oh no, they have to do it this way. But that's because that's the only way you know how to coach that squat, you know, but the longer that you can coach, the more ways you have to figure out, right, what's going wrong with this movement? Like, where are they weak? Where are they tight? Why can't they do this? You know, that sort of thing. And I guess you, be you become a bit more comfortable in your skin, um, you know, yeah. the longer that you're coaching kind of thing. And I wonder how much of it as well is, like you said, almost like that imposter syndrome or like fear of the perception of how you will look as a PT. Like you say, if you're in a, in a busy gym and you've got a client that can't keep their back straight in the deadlift, are you sitting there thinking like subconsciously or consciously, everyone's watching me? Like I, I know we always say to, to like members of the gym, like no one's watching you, you know, be confident in yourself. But it's probably the same with PTs a lot yeah. as well, where they're sitting there thinking everyone's watching how I'm training someone. Yeah. Um I've got to get it right every time. And I suppose the reality is you're never going to get it right every time. You're you're training people, certainly general population, you're you're training people that have got to take like two, three, four, five cracks at the whip because they've got no experience potentially in 40, 50, 60 years of exercising whatsoever. And you're mm. teaching them a new skill that if you taught a 10 year old, they could just pick up like that because, you know, kids are just a lot more easier to, to train and coach. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. So I guess the next point as well, I mean, I'm sure that you have a shed ton of, of stories or working with specific clients. Um, but I suppose to narrow it down, let's um, let's ask this kind of question of what have you learned over the years of working with people? Um, <clears throat> or like, have you got any kind of like funny or specific stories of clients you've worked with? Uh, maybe one or two. Um, I yeah. suppose like, so, I mean, I suppose it's the, the, the real cliche, well, cliche one, right? But like the one of like, your first client's always the one you kind of learn a lot from and stuff like that. Um, I mean, it probably shows how bad I was when I first started, really. But I mean, my first <laughs> client, I've, I've mm -hmm. sort of picked picked them up, and I'm like, oh my god, like someone actually wants to train with me. And then, like by about four weeks in, they've stopped and like kind of just like not replying to my messages and stuff like that. Um, and you kind of sit there and have to have that real sort of like self evaluation to go like, why why has that happened? And it is it is silly stuff, like you say, you just not programming to their needs or not communicating properly, not making them feel comfortable in a session and stuff like that. But like I say, although it is a cliche, you definitely do realize just how, how little, you know, although you've got that bit of paper saying, yes, you are a PT now. There's like so much more still to experience and, and, and gain from what you, what you do with your first few clients. Um, so yeah, that's always quite a humbling experience, I think, to say the least. Yeah. And what and, about like a kind of specific story that sticks out in your mind um, of whether it be like 
I guess, like you mentioned, you know, the first client you ever coached, um, because I, I still remember the first client I ever coached and like one of the biggest impacts that I ever had with with one singular person that sort of like set you on the path of like, yeah, this is, this is definitely the, what is I want to do. The McDonald's story. Yeah, the McDonald's story, mate. How do you know? How do you remember that? I know you, bro. The thing is, it just proves to you that that you really don't need to change all that much. People are always looking at the big rocks. Mm. Um you know, but really, you don't need to change that much. I don't even know if I've told you the McDonald's story, have I? No, no, I've not. <laughs> yeah, fun. Tell the world. All right. The so, world one of my first jobs in the industry, this was outside of, of CrossFit gym. I worked at a um, similar to, to Pure Sports, it was like a health and fitness club. Uh, and we were attached to a bank. So, our tender was was a, an investment bank in Canary Wharf. So I, I worked there. And one of the guys came down. We had to do like health MOTs on them. And um, that included like blood lactate, heart, um, heart, heart rate, blood pressure, you know, all that sort of stuff. Um, and he was, well, he scored very badly on, on pretty much every test to the point where a lot of the tests we would have different rankings and almost every single test indicated that he was probably going to have heart disease in, in the next couple of years. Um, he was very, very, very overweight, very overweight guy. Didn't want to train, like didn't want to come and exercise because you just didn't see the point. Um, and so I remember he'd come down, I saw in his fire, he'd come down like five or six times in the last year to have a health MOT. And people had kept suggesting, come to this class or come and do a PT with me. And he'd last maybe like a week and then he'd be like, oh no, fuck this. I don't want to do this anymore. So I remember asking him, I was like, right, talk me through your day. And he was like, okay, well, uh, I wake up about 5 a.m. I get into the office and I order a McDonald's um and i have a mcdonald's for breakfast and then i'll sit down until about lunch and then i'll probably go back to mcdonald's um and then dinner i'll probably (laughs) i'll probably go go to mcdonald's again just because it's cheap and quick so he was having three mcdonald's a day that's no exaggeration like he was having three meals a day of mcdonald's and obviously previously people had been like uh maybe you should take your mcdonald's away that's a big drastic step for someone that has McDonald's seven days a week, three times and three times a day. Right. That's like asking me to, uh, to not eat eggs in the morning. Like, listen, nah, that's not going to happen, bro. <laughs> I'm sorry, but nah, nah, nah. Um, and so I said to him, I was like, right, well, how about instead of you taking the DLR or getting it delivered to the office, why don't you just walk there? It's a 15 minute walk, 15 minute walk back. And what I want you to try and do is for one of your meals in the day, instead of ordering a Big Mac, order a kid's meal. So he made those two little changes and in four weeks... To be fair, that is still a big change. Because imagine a grown-ass man going up to McDonald's, going up to the couch and ordering a happy meal. I know. I know. It's it's quite emasculating, I guess. But he did it. He did it. Uh, And in four weeks, he lost uh, 11 kilos. Jesus. Just from walking for 30 minutes a day to McDonald's and, you know, and back and changing one of his meals to um, 
to a uh, what's it called to a, a, a kids meal. Happy meal. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I was shocked. Even I was shocked. Even I was like, I had no clue that that would work, but it did. And obviously, I'm not saying that it's going to work for everybody. But for that guy, it did, and um, it always sticks out in my mind that that was the day that I was certain that I wanted to. Because he just the sheer joy in his face was just like, holy shit! Like you've actually helped. Like he he said, you've genuinely saved my life. Like you've genuinely stopped me from probably dying. <laughs> I was like, it's a bit much, lad. But okay, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But yeah. So um, anyway, have you got any stories like that that sticks out in your mind? <laughs> not, <laughs> not as successful as that one, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> miracle worker that you are um no but I, I've, I've had I, I had one client I must have trained her for about three years and and she I mean she really struggled with her mental health so like her, her main goal was always um her main goal was always weight loss right it was you know quite quite a big goal always quite big numbers um quite big changes to be made but equally had this this sort of counterbalance of sort of dealing with um, her mental health and stuff like that. And over the years, we, we tried everything. I mean, absolutely. If, if there's like one thing you could think of to try and lose weight, we tried it. Like it was insane the amount of things we did. I think the, my favorite one we ever we ever attempted was we said, all right, like same sort of thing, like don't cut out the McDonald's, but change it. So we had, she she had a real habit of like, buying the chocolate bars when they're on sale in the supermarkets yeah and that was a real real habit we couldn't get rid of <laughs> so what she did was buy one of them lock boxes but the ones you can't unlock for 24 hours so she would she would have to before she goes to sleep lock all the boxes up lock all the sweets and chocolate away um and like time it on for like 12 hours and on that we just went boop, for that period of time she just absolutely smashed it um, and then, of course, like you say, like over the time, like mental health would get in the way and it would go up and down as well and that. But same sort of thing in terms of changing lives. I mean, recently she bought me and Hannah a, a voucher to go out for a meal, sort of like a little birthday gift for me and a thank you for everything. Um, and I've still got the card somewhere because it's just like a really like heartfelt message and just even stuff in there like saying that, you know, you changed my life. You've like brought like not just gym confidence, but confidence around life coming up and stuff like that. And just hearing all them things just really makes you think like, you know, you can make a difference. And I, I don't know, it's kind of like, it was one of the moments that I'd sort of take 10 minutes and kind of be like, like look at the bigger picture of what I've actually like done and appreciate the change that you've made. Because in, in over that three years, we would never really have successfully hit her weight goal. There was never, that, that never really happened. And so a lot of times I sit there like, have I actually like made a difference? Am I actually like wasting a time? And you kind of want them sort of doubts kick in. So just having that sort of note in front of me was like a real like, no, like you have, you, you've genuinely smashed it and you've genuinely made a difference. And I mean, that's someone that, you know, is just as like, like to think that I made a change on her life. Like she definitely changed how I perceive PT. And, you know, even like if you want to talk about skills in terms of improving empathy and improving or them sort of things, you know, it just completely changed your perception of why you do it and, and what you do it for, really, you know. That's incredible. Like, that's really genuinely incredible to see the 
the impact that you you have on people that, like you say, you might not at the time notice or appreciate. And I don't think people realize either, like it's a genuine difference that you're making mm. uh, to but people. I, that's it. I mean, like, I, I, one of my sort of like real problems with PT is that it's like so numbers based. You know, you're always, you're always targeted on how many sessions you do a week, you know, all your clients' goals are always numbers or typically are numbers based. Um, it's always, you know, numbers, numbers, numbers. So when you sort of, when you get them sort of real success stories about like changing someone's life for the better in terms of how they perceive the world and, and how they perceive their own confidence and their own ability in themselves. Um, although like, you know, I'm, I'm never going to proclaim to be some sort of psychologist, but just even just being a, a shoulder to cry on and sort of like that person to talk to and vent to um, it really makes it all worth it and I think potentially that is one of them sort of turning points in how I how I perceive what I would look at success in in this job you know for me success would never be training 40 people in a one-to-one -one setting every week you know I'm not someone that's going to chase the numbers or chase the money of course everyone wants to earn a nice comfortable wage and live in a big house and drive the nice cars of course but you know if I had half of what everyone else was doing but everyone was you know, maximizing their success and you were living your lives through them. Um, to me, that's equally, if not more rewarding, you know? And, and again, it yeah. kind of goes back into that because you're making such a difference to people's lives or making such progress in, the, in themselves, that brings across more genuine business as well, right? You want people that want to work as hard as you want to help them. And that will help to generate that sort of real positive, organic, true business, shall we call it? Yeah, hundred percent. And you know, and it's it's really nice to be honest as well to see you and see you guys. You know, like genuinely wanting to get out there and, and help people and make a difference. Because I I work out in a pure gym, and uh, I'm I'm not calling out anyone from pure gym Andover or anything. But you know, I've seen PTs the other side who who quite clearly don't really care kind of on their phone and, and, and that sort of thing. And, and I think, you know, it's one of those jobs, like we were saying earlier, can make such a big impact and make such a big difference to someone's lives if done properly, but also if and when not done properly, it can quite have quite a, a detrimental effect on that person's not only their physical well-being and, and, and their health and obviously injuries and stuff like that, but also like their confidence in the gym, you know, like that could go downhill when they, you know, they, they, they think, oh, they're working really hard, but for some reason it's not working, but it's because their PT doesn't give a shit. Like, so, you know, it's, you're playing quite a big role in these people's lives. And especially if they're just starting out on this sort of fitness journey or, or trying to improve their health or go to the gym for the first time, you know, like that's, quite a pivotal moment for them yeah 100 percent. and i think that's like it kind of brings it all full circle we talked the saying at the start about sort of why you get into being a pt um you know i think if you're in it for the right reasons then there's there's no reason why your your client should see success your athlete shouldn't see success um it is them sort of people that just sort of chase chase the money or sort of just want to be their own boss and that just sell themselves on that lifestyle that you know they're they're the ones that and I suppose there's always going to be a good and a bad person in each each career in each industry, but they're the people that I think are kind of what 
having a PT or having a coach gives a bad name. I, yeah, a lot of times, again, just from experience of general pop, that you 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 talk to someone and it's you're like, no, 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 don't want PT. No, 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 sorry, I don't want PT. And it's like, I'm just asking how your day was. <laughs> like, you know, like, there's no, <laughs> I'm not, not trying to give you the hard sell here. I'm just trying to be friendly. Um, but you know that it's it's them sort of coaches that give the bad rep that are just well just like aggressive salesmen and crap coaches basically yeah, 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 you know yes i do not have anything to add to that because i agree i think we've already <laughs> spoken uh we had a little but you know what's, um, you know what's mad though like sorry to interrupt but i think because okay, con we've had conversations before and i know definitely i've thought about it and spoken to people about it about sort of redefining success and that journey of of actually reflecting and thinking about what success means to you whether that's you know in your in your work in your career or in any other aspects of your life like we've i've spoken about you know what it what it means to be successful as an athlete what it means to succeed at a competition and it's not just the numbers and it's really interesting, actually, to hear you say the same thing with, with your job. And uh, Connie, you've said the same as well. And that kind of path and journey of discovering what actually, like, actually means something and what, you know, what success truly means and feels like for you as an individual uh, is often quite different to what you first initially think it might be and what people might make you think it is in terms of like like you say like the numbers game and, and being your own boss and having a flash of car and stuff like that yeah i know i know con sort of touched on it in the past as well about you know although we are coaches we are also that sort of person to to vent to and like shoulders to lean on and all of them sort of things and whether like athletes or, or clients want to talk about it is down to them of course but sometimes just being there you just people just obviously start talking to you and talking to you and you can't stop them um but it, it is like you know if you're someone that is just purely i'm gonna make you squat heavy i'm gonna make you lift heavy you're you're gonna shut down them conversations and you're gonna be sort of really closing your client off to fully trusting you and fully empathizing with each other and that's where you sort of like again if you want to make it all about numbers that's fine but you're not going to reach that if your client doesn't fully trust you and they're not going to trust you if if you know you won't let them open up to you or you open up to them and it's it is it is a very broad of what what is needed and again like i suppose well me and con can both quite honestly say we're not qualified nutritionists or psychologists or stuff like that but you can just be that friendly face and sometimes that's that's just enough to sort of guide people in the right direction and obviously then seek the professional help they need it but you know you hope it ever gets to that point yeah 100 yeah. percent. now yeah you wear many hats uh and now that we kind of have gone full circle of you know what pt means to you and what makes a good pt like and this is this question is kind of for both of you because you know you work together and stuff now but like what's what's next like what does the future bring for jordan what does the future bring for george at stoic and yeah, tell us about it. But this this is where it comes now, right? Con all the all the big houses and flashy cars, right? <laughs> yeah, we've got a PowerPoint <laughs> presentation, everything. <laughs> 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 uh, no, nah, go on. 
Well, yeah, I mean, this this now for us is is build build Stoic as as a brand, and you know, try and help as much clients as we can under that umbrella. But I think the quite nice thing about us working together now is that there's there's two voices that can that can work on the same challenges. You know, we can bounce off each other. Um, we can we can help each other in in what we're doing. And I suppose, like you say, I'm obviously a bit further behind on my journey than you are, Con. So it's it's quite nice. I've got that luxury now of having that sort of like support of someone that is is there sensei. looking out for me and sensei, yeah, sensei con. <laughs> yeah, I I don't want to like puff my own ego up, but I th- I wish that I'd had someone. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> <laughs> I I wish I wish that if if I were in George if I were in George's position, I wish that I'd have had what I had, what we have to have someone to um, kind of mentor and just like who knows the industry, who knows people in the industry, I think is the import is what I would have absolutely loved. And, you know, that's one of the things that we, that I want, why I wanted to bring George in as well is not just because I wanted the opportunity to help someone else out, but also because even without George being part of stoic, he was already giving me ideas for the brand oh maybe you could try this maybe you could try that and so it was literally a no-brainer like I don't I didn't just want someone who was gonna earn money I wanted someone who's gonna earn themselves money but also help build the brand and be passionate and have some initiative because you know people are always oh they've they kind of done it before but I said this in in a couple of podcasts ago like you've got to carve your own path like obviously this is you know our brand or whatever but at the same time George is gonna has got so many ideas and we're gonna try and take that on board um and I'm excited for for what it brings you know George is one of the many people that hopefully will bring on board and he's gonna help me help me do that which is exciting um you know the I guess the biggest thing we're working on without telling too much is the community page so that we can share information and resources and link everyone that we coach together. You know, we have almost 70 clients um, between the two of us. And I think to be able to interact with 70 clients on a day-to-day basis is amazing for us to, but also to then now have potentially when we set it up next week, a community of all of those 70 clients being able to interact with each other is not just I'm coaching you. We now have a community and a brand. And I think that stands for much more because it's now about having a legacy rather than just a, you're paying me for coaching for four weeks. Now fuck off. You know, it's actually like we are putting skin in the game and we're helping now each other now do you're it. Stuck with them. Now I'm just stuck like, with you. Just like you're stuck with me. <laughs> no, no, no. You're stuck with me. <laughs> you can't get out it's like a cult um yeah so that's yeah i'm i'm excited i'm looking forward to it like every every day i wake up and i'm like what's what what are we doing now like i'm excited i'm excited for is, what comes next there's like there's so much we can do with it as well it's not like oh we're just here to just train more clients and this and that like you say there is with like a community page and stuff like that there is there is just so many ways you can take it so many different journeys to help people on yeah and support athletes and stuff like that and, and like you say in, in the sort of like mid to well all short mid and long term really but having 
a sort of tribe of people that sort of trust us to 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 help them out but equally i don't know i suppose the right way of saying it like they're they've got people around that they know they're on the same journey they're going to have the same successes the same struggles you know and, and even if they're not on that same journey it's like a general pop versus an athlete you know just being able to like see other people's journeys and this and that and just open their horizons to different ways of training and perceiving gym and fitness and all them sort of stuff you know yeah exactly watch this space watch this space that's all um, honestly super super exciting and also a very insightful conversation about you know not only what it's like to be a pt but also just what it means to you and as well as to the people that you train and the people that that you've blessed your presence with shall we say uh, <laughs> but nice no, answer, that i mean that all sounds really exciting what's to come and yeah i'm looking forward to it absolutely george thank you so much for coming on we appreciate you giving up an hour of your time um or a little over an hour i guess and uh we hope that we didn't keep you up too late because it's six o'clock here but it's 11 p.m in the uk so i'm here as well you know yeah but (laughs) yushan come on you you're you're probably going to be up for another couple of hours now yeah this to watch yeah, this boy's got to be got to be up. Are you still doing early's on Friday? Yeah, five a.m. alarm tomorrow. Not looking, uh, it's not. It's not looking nice, really. Right. Well, we I, should probably. I, I say I've got. I say I like to help people, but you know, when that five a.m. alarm <laughs> goes, I'm like, is it really worth it? <laughs> you like to help Enjoy. others, but you're not really helping yourself, are you? And you got a heavy exactly. session tomorrow as well, mate. So enjoy Good, that. Mate. Appreciate that. You can you can go and change an app if you want to like a twenty minute <laughs> twenty minute cycle. Nah, you got some eighty-five percent tomorrow, boss. Better get it done. Jesus Christ! Four, four weeks well, in camp just, now, isn't uh, it? Just yes, remember mate. this conversation at five AM that you you love your job and you love doing what you do. So. Oh, he doesn't <laughs> love me. He loves his job, but he doesn't love me. Yeah. Uh, anyway, George, thank you so much, uh, and thank you guys for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the ne- this episode. Um, and we will catch you next week. So, Yushuan, do you want to plug where people can find you? Yeah, so on Instagram, I am at yushuan.su.eventing. On Facebook, I am yushuan.su.eventing. And my website is suyushuaneventing.com. What about you, Connor? Mine is at Connor Lift Stuff on Instagram and at Stoic Strength Systems on Instagram. And we was also just set up a Patreon under the same name, Stoic Strength Systems. So give those a follow. I will put the links all down in the description if I figure out how to do it. Thank you for listening to this episode. Make sure you like, share and subscribe to the podcast on wherever you listen to your podcasts. And we'll see you next time.